Hi, I'm Paul Camillos. Join me and my co-host Jacinta Gavin for Series 4 of Shooting the Breeze. We cover women's hoops and women in hoops. We talk to inspiring players, amazing coaches and the legends behind the scenes and at the grassroots of the game. During this series, we'll be covering the FIBA Women's World Cup, where the 12 best teams of the planet are coming to Sydney. And of course, we'll be covering Australia's longest-running women's professional sporting league, the WNBL, in its 43rd season. Hit that subscribe button, like and review, so we can get more Hoops content to you. Welcome to Shooting the Breeze. We are live tonight, and it's a whole new experiment for us. First of all, we've got, uh, as always, my co-host Jacinta Gavin, and we've got Sammy McDonald from Albury on as well. Before we get to you, Sammy, just want to touch base with you. Jacinta, you've been doing some stuff. You've been calling some basketball. Yes, I have. I've been staying up nearly 24 hours uh, between my regular nine to five and then moonlighting as a FIBA commentator. So I've been commentating the under 18 uh, Women's Africa Championship that's happening at the moment in Madagascar. Um, so Wednesday night was the quarterfinals. Last night was the semifinals. Yep. And thankfully I have a rest day today. So tomorrow I've got the grand final and the bronze medal match as well. And who's in the those last games? Oh, so Egypt and Mali, probably, you know, the, the two strongest teams. So we're kind of predictable. They're going to be in the grand final. And the bronze medal match will be between Angola and Madagascar, the host nation. All right. Hmm. So a few more late nights for you, huh? Yeah. So yeah. after by Sunday, because we've got double headers for NBL One East as well that I'm commentating, men's and women's. So by Sunday, I would have commentated 12 games in five days. All right. That's impressive. That is very impressive. On paper, yeah. yeah. Uh, <laughs> my body, however, struggling. All right. So let's get into the topic for tonight, the Opals. Um, there's been a lot happening. Big news, obviously, LJ. She's made the team. She's back for the World Cup. Um, Sammy, I'm going to throw it over to you just as a, a, as a starting point. Um, as the assistant coach for the Bandits, how, how does that feel knowing that you know, she's, she's come back, played in the NBL 1, had a lot of uh, impact for the team, and now she's through to the Opals again? Yeah, I think it's just a remarkable story, isn't it? Like comeback kind of story. Um, it's been been a privilege for for all of us. I think involved in the Bandits program to to see how her journey is has gone. You know, from when she first signed with us. You know, the um, the excitement there, the buzz um, was was pretty massive, um, and then as we got closer and closer to the season, it just kept building and the um, around the town, it's just, it's phenomenal. You know, people, everyone's talking about it. Everyone's talking about it. And like no disrespect to the women's program in previous years, but it hasn't been the main go-to um, for support in, in ours. It's always been the men's program. It's been the moneymaker. So to see everyone, you know, we've sold out every home game. Wow. Yeah. 
which is which is amazing. Normally, we'll only send, sell out for one of our big rivalry kind of games um, or or a final if we make it. And you know, every home game this year has been sold out. I know we only have about fifty tickets left for tomorrow night, so it's just that's the impact of of Lauren um, coming back. Okay, so for everybody listening, <clears throat> there's fifty more seats left at Albury. Get yourself there for the game. And we had a nice day today. The weather's turning. All right. What more could you <laughs> ask for? CLJ play, play 50 seats, great weather, Albury. You're not too far from the wineries down there either. Yeah, some very good wineries in yeah. that area. <laughs> Don't you worry. Uh, we have hills tomorrow night. Hills, okay. Yep. All right. So, I mean, I, I want to talk a little bit about the, the Opals because there's a lot of stories going on here. Obviously, LJ coming back. There's, there's a lot. It's been really well recognised um, globally what a big impact this is going to be. There's a lot of other stories, though, that have uh, come to light for the Opals as well. Some new, new starters in the team. A few people who were unlucky to not make it as well. And there seems to be a really defensive bent to the team. W- what do you guys think about this one? Yeah, I agree. Uh, I think based on the outcomes of Tokyo and then what we saw at the Asia Cup under Gori with a whole completely different Opals lineup, like featuring a lot of our players who weren't even uh, considered in this like FIBA um, World Cup squad this year, um, I think pretty much cemented from that Asia Cup outing. I think defense has always been the key. It was definitely the downfall in Tokyo. Uh, And I think with the roster that we're taking um, to the World Cup in September, we're going to be really tall and really long and very athletic. Yeah, I I agree there. Um, I think it's definitely been the um, mantra for the team to really make sure that defense um, will, will solidify us and then let our offense just come from from the defensive end basically um some really solid players in there um that have had some good seasons and yes i agree there were some good players that really missed out yeah i mean i i know that uh the whole the the, the defensive angle is something that uh timsy has said on every occasion that she's been on the show um and she's been pretty adamant about that and um I think they've made. A, there's been a lot of really great decisions. I mean, when you think about it, you've got um, LJ, who's making her fifth World Cup um, appearance. We've got Beck Allen, Tolo, and Kayla, who are third. Second appearances for Steph Talbot, Sammy, Tess Magin, and Ezzy. And we've got four de- debutantes. And I think there's a lot to be said about this, Mick this mix because it means that we're building a team not just for now but we're also starting to build towards the future as well yeah i agree um i think there's some there were some players that despite tokyo not being the best outcome had some really good had a really good tournament and and did a really sort of put themselves forward in a good light um and then that's carried through um you know, I look at um, Sarah Blissavs. I thought that she had a great Olympics, you know, brings a lot of energy. Um, 
you know, and then you've got Christy Wallace, who's a, a great comeback story after, you know, knee injuries and absolutely worked and worked to get back, had a, a, a great WNBL season. And then now going really well in the WNBA with Atlanta. Yeah, her story is really outstanding. And I think it's a story that probably isn't told well, either well enough or um, often enough or in enough detail, especially flipping from her first, you know, full WNBL season with the Southside Flyers last season, probably her first full WNBL season in a long time, but then immediately just flipping the script and killing it over in the WNBA. Yeah. Like, I don't think anyone predicted such a acceleration in performance in someone in a, such a short period of time for Wally. And uh, yeah, now she's in the World Cup squad. But I think when you can uh, compare as well the Tokyo team to this team going to the World Cup, it is diff completely different. And I remember, you know, when all of the World Cup stuff started, you know, we were starting to talk about it over the years and we thought there's people like Katie Ray, Jenna, Leilani, um, and, you know, that those spots were already up for grabs and I thought oh might be pretty hard to fill those shoes um but then you kind of think actually we've got this whole other like shed of talent just waiting to step up in those spots uh so yeah it's um it's a pretty good looking outfit I don't think I would have expected four debutantes though yeah I might well uh, yeah yeah they're, they're well, it's not in a debutantes. bad way yeah but they're world cup debutantes I mean you know Sarah was uh, as has played before and Lee's played before. I mean, literally from cut walking <laughs> off a plane. Mm. Um, so yeah, it's for the competition, it, it, it's the case, but I've got to say what I'm really liking in, in what I'm seeing here is there's been a really, really solid attempt to try and build a team. That's not that that's got a lot of depth across the board. And I think, the, the thing for me is you've got LJ coming in and she's got, regardless of the position, she's going to be an anchor for this team. There's the experience and the basketball IQ that she's going to have. And I know that she's constantly, uh, constantly talking to the team in the NBL one. So this is somebody who's going to be able to bring a whole nother layer of, of experience to the squad and I think it's going to be really important, particularly in some of the earlier games that they're going to be we're going to be playing in, uh, especially France, straight out of the box. Yeah, I, look, I agree. Um, particularly touching on how you said talking with the the young players and and that air in our squad, uh, the Bennett's in Aubrey. You know, just to see that the little bits of information, the the mentoring that lot role that Lauren has taken with with pretty much all our players. You know, just passing on all her experience and then transposing that into an Opal squad with her, her big game of world cups. Now um, the Olympics four Olympics, and there's always that 2006 gold medal world championships, you know, that's just knowledge that you cannot buy. And I think describing her as an anchor is a really, is like the perfect description because she has such a presence and, you know, considering the last 12 months of the Opals as individuals and as a program have had to kind of go through, they need something really anchoring to keep uh, cultivating that culture that they want to get back to, you know, the Opals 
um, legacy that Timsey always spoke about, their seven non-negotiables. Even Timsey said that when she played for the Opals, they were defense first because she, as you know, paraphrasing Timsey herself, she said they couldn't score. So they had to be defense first. <laughs> um, but yeah, having someone like Lauren who has been, you know, an Olympian so many times, uh, a World Cup champion, to have them, yeah, be an anchor, um, keep everyone grounded, um, just keep capturing that culture and legacy and playing next to someone who already holds so much legacy but is now back playing and playing in front of your home crowd. Uh, it's going to be a pretty once-in-a-lifetime experience, I think. And I think um, I think you're right, Paul. I think they are pretty smart with this squad forward thinking towards Paris in 2024 as well because there's so much to take from this experience that they can still cultivate into that next Olympic team as well. Yeah, definitely. And, you know, this is one of the things that I'm really liking about what's going on with the Opals at the moment. It's not just let's worry about this competition. It's also looking looking forward. Um, but I do want to uh, go back to, to Sammy for a minute. Now, and I want to ask you, you've been part of this journey of LJ coming back. Do you want to just give us a bit of background into that? Because I'm sure it's a fascinating story. <laughs> Yeah, I've, I've been pretty privileged to to witness it firsthand. Um, well, Lauren and I have known each other since we were knee high to a grasshopper. We um, spent a lot of lot of weekends in that at the Aubrey Stadium. Our our parents involved with the Bandits all the way back then, um, and then I guess we played mixed basketball at the LJSC last year. Um, had a lot of fun. Got cu- cut short um because of covid so we're not sure if we won the championship or not um we did lose a game but lauren didn't play that one so we'll put it down to that um and then just from there we were like we were just having fun so we were just shooting around just for fun kept doing it um matt paps who's our head coach uh he played on the team and just started sort of talking to lauren and then i believe some people at at, at her work um, may have mentioned a few things which sort of ignited the the fire and um, yeah so yeah we just kept shooting around and then it came to making the decision whether Lauren went from just shooting around and you know getting fit to to does she play NBL one and fortunately she said yes and it's all just sort of gone from there you know um her trainer shannon pigden um lauren and i've been going to see him for a long time now um and he's just done a remarkable job on the fitness side you know they they were working before i even started um doing anything it's just it's phenomenal the transformation um that you know physically that lauren's gone through to get herself ready to play um and then, yeah, we, we were literally doing 10 minutes of shooting. It was 10 minutes and, and we were both tired. I'm not going to lie. It wasn't just Lauren. We were both tired. And then we slowly just built up and added layers here and there as um, Lauren became more and more confident uh, on the court. i got to say, having watched some of the NBL 1 East games, one of the things that you notice is there's no denying the basketball IQ, even having been away from the game for so long, is still there. It's, it, it hasn't gone away. You just 
you see the way she moves on the court, it's like she's got that situational awareness. She understands what's going on around the court. How have you found, you know, being a coach on the team and seeing that unfold week by week? Oh, it started in the mixed basketball. First play, she caught the ball at the top of the key out three-point line and just drained it. Like, no worries. <laughs> Everyone just turned around and went, oh, what is this? It's like she hadn't left the WNBA. Um, but, yeah, no, the the movement patterns and everything like that, as they came back, you could just see, like, it was Lauren getting to the spots that she knew and and working from there to now she was just really locked back into her game. Um, knows where she can get her shot, but is also adding other layers to it to to make it a bit better. I mean, not exactly the same as, say, 2010 uh, WNBA, 2012 Olympics, but still it's it's lethal it's um it's actually becoming very hard to guard when we when we work out one-on-one and once she made the decision to play nbl1 what did her daily like routine and uh i guess training program look like after the first round um well it was pretty much she was working out with shannon at the gym um oh, it was pretty much every day of the week depending on on her work, et cetera, um, and the boys. Uh, and then we would be on court maybe two, it started off at one to two times a week and built up to maybe three, sometimes four. Um, and then that included team trainings. Um, but yeah, there, there was a lot of uh, the load management as well, you know, so to make sure that everything was okay. So, um, it was, as I said, just built up as we went, you know. So over the NBL1 season, have you noticed an improvement in her game from the, the first round that she played to where we are now? Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, I think the highlight for me this year was actually against Nords. And um, we have one of our plays and Lauren caught it up at the top of the three point line and just ripped and went straight to the basket. Um, now, not many people know she did hurt her or rupture her plantar fascia before the start of the season, a week out from the start of the season, trying wow. to do the same, trying to do the same thing. So um, yeah, basically that sort of stopped that kind of progression. And then to see that happen, um, but three weeks, four weeks ago, uh, phenomenal, phenomenal. So yeah, there's been a, a massive improvement just every day, every session when we go and shoot, you see different things and we add a different layer here, we add a different layer there and it, it's it's good. It's really good to watch. Like I said, I'm very, very privileged. So do you think with the, <clears throat> the opportunity to play against Canada and the US and the opportunity to kind of do some do some more scrimmaging overseas with some against a different caliber of player how do you think that's going to help her develop her game because let's be honest the physicality of some of the teams that we're going to be going up against is pretty tough um yeah you know france they're 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 a tough team they've always been a tough team serbia tends to play tough as well um how do you think that's going to 
impact her her style of play? Uh, I don't know whether it will actually impact her style of, of play. I think she thrives on that. Um, all the games, if you watch, if you've obviously watched the the NBL One East, um, she doesn't shy away from from contact. You know, um, so I, yeah, I just I feel like again, every single time she steps on the court, fitness gets better, touch gets better, confidence grows. You know, um, not that she lacks confidence. <laughs> you can't you can't when you when you're uh, the greatest of all time, as a lot of people call it. Um, yeah, I, I don't think it's going to be an issue, and I think we're going to see a really top-notch performance. So I'm going to throw this one out there, only because it's it's always one of these ones that that kind of gets gets me. One of our games is against Japan. Now Japan plays a very fast style of game. How? Uh, not just specifically to LJ now, but just with the Opals, with we're not the we're not as fast. There's no two ways about that. How do you think we're going to be able to match up with that? Um, given what had happened during the friendlies, I mean they they did beat us two out of three games. Uh, to be fair, one of them was pretty close. But how do you guys think that that one's going to go? I'll let you talk, Jacinta. <laughs> it's um. <laughs> I think comparing the friendlies, you know, against Japan that we saw this year, comparing it to the matchup at the World Cup, I think the Opals are going to be a different team. Um, you know, we were missing the likes of Talbot. Um, I don't think Ezzy played that friendly series, did she? No. no. So we're missing, you know, Talbot, Ezzy, Wally, Sammy Whitcomb. Um, so I feel like, I, th- I think it will be completely different, to be honest. And, yeah, we probably won't beat them on quickness, but the thing that I took away from the friendlies that were played here in Australia early in the year uh, was that Japan showed their trap a lot and it sh- actually exposed the Opal's weakness playing against a trap. So that was the thing that I took away the most from that friendlies is that we struggle against a trap. And I think... Uh, <laughs> If any other coach going to the World Cup would be smart enough to watch those games, they would probably know that we also are weak against the trap. So um, probably a good thing we identified that now and hopefully that they have been working on that. But at the other side of that, we had the likes of, you know, the guards were like Rochi, Hill, um, Steph Reed, uh, Tess Magin. So we did, I think we we had our experience, like our emerging Opals coming against, you know, a world-class Japanese trap. But when we go into the World Cup, I'm sure they'll trap us again, but we'll have people like Beck Allen and Sammy and Wally coming straight from the WNBA. We'll have Steph Talbot in the mix. So we'll probably um, be able to deal with that a lot better. Uh, And I think even inside, like, um, we'll definitely have a height advantage now (laughs) because we're huge. But I, so I think that we'll probably play that angle of the game rather than trying to keep up with them in quickness. Yeah. It's going to be, it's going to be kind of like polar opposite strengths in that game, but I think we'll just be totally different to what we saw in the friendlies. Definitely agree. Um, not to discredit any of those that played in that. Oh, no, not at, all. not at all. I, I know you weren't trying to, but like we bring in some pretty high caliber guards, you know, along with, with Tess who, who weren't there. Like you highlighted, you know, Beck Allen, Sammy Wickham, all those those players with a lot of experience. You know, 
Um, Maylie's going to be not fresh off the plane. You know, she, she'll be worked into the system. Um, I think we've got some really good versatility in our bigs. You know, Kayla is very good um, stepping out. Um, so, you know, you, you can have Lauren and Tolo inside and then you can have Garbin and, and Blixarves and, and Kayla stepping out, stretching the floor a bit. Lauren can stretch the floor, you know. Um, I think we have a lot of versatility and, uh, again, we'll, we'll be ready for pretty much everything that they throw at us defensively. Like you said, teams will go to the press, but we, we probably know it's coming. <laughs> And I think as well, like comparing the two squads, the squad going to the World Cup have got like probably a longer playing history with each other. So Kayla and Tolo have played with each other since they were at the AIS. And, and Tess got, as well. And Tess as well. Yeah. And then Tess, Kayla and Ezzy play together, you know, in the Boomers winning the last WNBL championship. And then you've got, um, yeah, Ezzy and Steph played together. Sammy and Beck have just coming back playing together. And I'm pretty sure... Um, LJ has played. I can't remember if LJ had played with Tolo at the yeah. cap one season. Yeah. Yeah, I'm pretty sure she would have. Yeah. So we've got those kind of sneaky, you know, two, three combinations that can be slotted together. I think that will work in our favor as well um, compared to the, the squad in the friendlies. So do you guys reckon that by not having the, the, the trial games over in the States televised or live streamed in any way? Um, it's given us an opportunity to get a bit of a workout without giving away effectively game film to the opposition. Yeah, I yeah. think so. <laughs> you know, maybe Sammy's best to answer that as a coach. <laughs> <laughs> oh, look, everybody knows in those games, you, you're trying things out, particularly when there's a focus on, you know, they had to make the three cuts to come down to the squad. Um, but yeah, it does, it does highlight what the basic structures and stuff are that you're going to, to utilize, but I don't, I don't know whether there was any rhyme or reason behind it, but I, yeah, we haven't given away any secrets, have we? No. Um, Apart from some small little bits of footage that just showed LJ doing LJ things, you know, <laughs> In the post, <laughs> but I think I think we've one of the other things that's really positive about the team is the amount of international experience that that the players have got that they're coming back in with. So, you know, I mean, we've got quite a few players who've been in the WNBA, so there's going to be a lot of experience in in having in playing uh, against people who are going to be in the US team, um, you know, and I think that and the international experience from Europe that some of the players have is going to help to 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 to, to build up the, the 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 ability of the squad to be able to compete against some of these teams um, because we particularly with COVID we just haven't had the the amount of international trial games that maybe in years gone by we would have had. Yeah, definitely. And I know that they were saying, I think at the start of the year, I think when the when we interviewed Kayla, was that the end of last year, Paul? Yeah. Yeah, and Kayla, I think it was Kayla saying that there was a plan to play at least 15 trial games internationally 
leading into the World Cup. Uh, I don't know if they probably got quite to 15, but the fact that they had the friendlies here um, and they did organise, you know, that big camp overseas, that already made me feel a little bit more <laughs> relaxed with the preparation uh, compared to Tokyo. Yeah, agreed. Um, <clears throat> I guess, yeah, you hit the nail on the head. It's hard these days to travel um, yeah. and, and schedules and, um, you know, Europe's such a long season. The WM then flows basically straight into the WNBA or they overlap this year in, in some cases. Um, so it does make it hard to get those squads together. And um, I think they've done a, a good job of, working to the to the restrictions that people have um, and being able to really sound out, I guess, their best 12 um, across the games that they did play. Yeah, I think there's one other there's one other factor for this World Cup, and that is there's a lot of unfinished business from the Olympics. You know, I mean, yeah. I know when we spoke to Tolo and Kayla, it was really obvious that from their their perspective, there's unfinished business there with the Opals. And I think that's going to help to fire the team up as well. Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, there's probably no hiding it. It was a missed opportunity. They had a, they had a good squad. What happened will always, like, put them off. It rocked them. And, you know, the performances that they put in, given the adversity that they faced were, you know, you've got to look at it in that sort of frame it that way too. They did a pretty impressive job given the adversity, you know. Um, so, yeah, I think there is that fire in the belly. <clears throat> Excuse me. Um, there's new additions. There's an old addition being brought back. You know, there's... So it's a good mix. It's an exciting mix. Um, and, yeah, I can't wait for the 22nd of September. No, I don't think any of us can. Now, um, we're going, just before we do do wind up our, our first live episode, um, two things. First of all, do you think that we're going to see LJ in the WNBL this upcoming season? Yes. <laughs> Quick answer, yes. Yeah, I, I reckon yes as well. And then obviously You'd love the to next, see it, wouldn't you? Yeah, and then the next mm -hmm. big question is, where would she wash up? Southside. Southside? Yep, that's, that's my guess. That's my, that's my guess based on uh, having a nerdy basketball think about it, based on some sneaky sources. <laughs> All signs are pointing to Southside. Okay. Well, I tend to agree with you on that one mm. um, for a couple of reasons. Uh, most of the other teams have got a large proportion of their, their squads settled down. Um, and if you look at, at Southside, their first, their first season at Southside, they went all, all out. Um, and so... I think if there's a team that's got the ability to be able to to get LJ in, it's um, either them or the other one that's that's a possibility is Bendigo. 
right? And the only reason I'm saying Bendigo is Bendigo is not as far from Albury. <laughs> right. <laughs> they're um, about the same. They're about the same. <laughs> but you know, look, they're, they're the they're the two they're the two teams that I, I think I could I could see if if she's back in the WNBL. And let's be honest, we'd all like to see her in the WNBL. Look, don't discount. You know, there's a long history with uh, with Veely now that she's taken over um, the Caps. Yeah, it's true. So, just little things to think about here and there. But yeah. I don't know. Yeah, Honestly, I don't, we're, don't know. We're all taking the wild guesses here. Let's be honest. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> just put our blindfold on and throw some darts. That's it. Yeah. Okay. And the the last point, and I know it's kind of really, really early on in the piece. How far do you think the Opals are going to go? I, I'm going to go right out there and say, I reckon they're going. They're, they're going to be in the gold medal game. Whoa. Yep. We. <laughs> I was um, going to say podium finish for sure, for sure podium finish. Yep. Yep. Sam. Yeah, I definitely think um, we have the squad to medal. I think, um, just as we've highlighted, the depth that we've got, um, the energy from the rookies, um, the energy from the season. You know, they all bring a different type of energy that I think will will mesh and really drive us drive us forward. Um, and then there's that fire as well from from Tokyo, 100, um, and the home crowd. You cannot oh, yeah. you cannot underestimate the the power of the home crowd. Um, so yeah, I think we're we're definitely going to the the medal rounds. Um, I really hope it is the gold medal game. Yep. Um, but look, we can't get too far ahead of ourselves. Um, Spoken like a true coach. <laughs> yeah. hey, uh, look, I'm I'm 100 focused on winning the East right now. Um, yes, <laughs> yeah, yeah so, go for it. Yeah, we've got a couple of weeks to go, and then and then I'll switch to. Oh, actually, maybe if we win, we'd switch to nationals, and then it's the World Cup. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay, and our producer Mary has just come up and asked, "What's the game that you're most looking forward to seeing?" Good one, Mary. Let me just look at the drawer again. Okay, I'm going to go out there. I'm going to say I really want to see Australia and Japan. I actually really like watching Japan play. They've got a great style of play. And I think with this squad, it's going to be an awesome game. Yeah, my instinct. So I just had to check the the, the draw and the tickets and stuff. But I, my, I, I'm going to go with my instinct. I the matchup I'm most looking forward to is uh, Australia and Serbia because it's going it's going to be an arm wrestle. Like it's going to be, uh, yeah, a real test for the Opals' toughness uh, and their ability to stay composed, like in that tough environment. Because Serbia are just you know relentless defensively, physically. Uh, so it'll be a real test for the Opals to make sure that they stay composed um, to stick into their game plan to get that win. Because that could be a sneaky, like a, that, that game could really creep up on them. Um, so that's the matchup that I'm most looking forward to, I think, especially in the rounds. Yeah, I'm, I'm definitely in the rounds. Um, France and Serbia, um, for me, uh, like everything that Jacinda said with Serbia, 
then France is just that next level of quality, aren't they? Um, so I think they're two really crucial games. But I'll be honest, I'm just excited to watch all, this, all oh, the yeah. games. Yeah. They're, they're just the best players are going to be in Australia, you know, even on the other side. I'm keen to see USA versus Belgium. That's oh, yeah, me too. Me too. A cracker. Yep. Yeah, that's an absolute cracker. Yes. Um, <clears throat> so, yeah, I mean, we're going to get some really good pool games. And then think about the crossovers later on. Like, oh, how lucky are we? Yeah, well, it's obvious nobody is going to be at work for those, those two weeks. That's absolutely true. Right, Sydney oh, no. Shut, Sydney will just shut down. Everybody's going to be at home, Bush. <laughs> and I, I probably should have taken more days off work after the World Cup. I've already started to prep my workmates. This is what's happening from the 22nd of September. When I come back to work, I'm going to be in a low mood. I'm going to be overcoming something awesome that has just finished. So just give me a couple of days to adjust back to normal life, okay? So we'll have spent two weeks living in the perfect basketball fantasy land. Gonna have to go back to regular life. Yeah. But I yeah. will. I also just wanted to say, I think uh, going back from what Sammy said about the current Opal squad and how we've got a good mix of young and old, I think this is probably one of the most unique Opals teams we've seen in a while too. Because of that mix of young and old, the mix of experience, the mix of like the caliber as well. You know, I think it's probably one of the first squads. Oh, I might be really going on a, out on a limb here saying this, but probably one of the first squads where we've had so many WNBA players or so many players who have played at a high level since a young age. Cause I mean, it's Tess Madden's 32nd birthday today and it's Ezzy's 23rd birthday tomorrow. And Ezzy is someone who I feel like has played at the t- top level for the last decade. And she's only 23. Yeah. Like, do you know what I mean? Like <laughs> and what, what have I been doing all my life? Yeah, and let's be honest, her defensive efforts for Seattle this season have been just out of this world. Yeah, I mean, she's averaging 1.8 blocks per game, 5.7 rebounds and 10 points for Seattle. It was pretty, pretty impressive. Yeah. At 23, you know, um, on, a, on a really competitive team. You know, they've, they've, I mean, they could have a good run in the finals, fingers crossed. Yep. would love to see that for Sue. Um, but, yeah, we've just got some really good wild cards. I, mm-hmm. I think that's the way I would put it, wild cards. You know, again, I'll go back to Christy Wallace. Awesome, awesome story, uh, playing well. I, I really hope to see her have a, a big World Cup. Um, you know, I think uh, Annalie Maley, you know, she's one of those ones, like she's a reigning MVP of the WNBL. She's... You know, was unlucky over at, in, at Chicago with the with the WNBA. You know, um, I just feel like there's a lot of a lot of players riding high and a lot of confidence right now. Um, mm. And then, like, I went through and had a look at the stats of of all the players. You know, across the NBL one competitions that they're in, and they are putting up some phenomenal numbers. Yeah, you know, I think Kayla's had three or four triple doubles for Cairns. Um, Tess, imagine. Oh, I could just run them all off. They're always yeah. killing it. So yeah, there's just a good vibe. It's the vibe of the mm-hmm. thing, you know. 
Yeah. 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 Lots of confidence and lots of people kind of hitting their stride at the right time. Yeah. Mm. <clears throat> awesome. And we've managed to make it to the end of the show without you having to dash off, Sammy. Yeah, no, we're, we're lucky there. <laughs> yeah, we're very lucky there. So um, the wife's got the, the bell or the dinger ready to like let me know if anything goes wrong. <laughs> and we'll be out the door and off we go. Baby bag packed. Yeah, that's exactly right. Exactly right. It's just an awkward situation with due date the day after the grand final. But, um, oh. Oh. but you could have a championship and a new baby in one weekend. That would be amazing, but yeah, yeah. Aubrey's a long way from Sydney. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> that's true. That's true. <laughs> yeah. All right, guys. Thanks so much for for coming on, and you know this first live episode that we've done. And you know, if hopefully if we get good feedback, we'll do a few more of these because it's actually a lot of fun. Yeah, it's been great. Yeah. Um, appreciate the invite i've loved it uh sammy it was great and you know you're always welcome back and you know if not we'll def i'm sure we'll catch up at, at the world cup somewhere along the way and um thanks very much everyone for listening into the show thank you oh make sure you tune in and watch uh Watch us tomorrow night. It's going to be a packed house. It's something you guys really need to see on your tellies. Oh, absolutely. And don't forget, 50 seats. If you can make it, go That's get That's right. There. 50 <laughs> seats. Aubrey to win, for sure. Absolutely. Yes, thank you. Thank you. All right. Thanks, okay. guys. Thanks, guys. Thanks, Sam. Okay. And we're off from broadcasting. Excellent.